Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Brought to you by Betway.com. Betway for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. He is Mike Fratello, former NBA head coach with the Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers, Memphis Grizzlies, now color analyst with the Los Angeles Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92 through the fan in Cleveland. Mike, I can tell by the hotel room you're in Los Angeles. That has a Los Angeles hotel room look feel to it. Are you seeing rain coming through my ceiling? Because oh, no. <laughs> it is pounding out here, and wow. it just not, does not want to stop for some reason. They they might have a piece of the umbrella factories out here. I don't know. That, that has to be it. I know they're having, they did have drought issues, and now they're having flood issues, so I, I wish everybody well. You were all over the place on social media because of, of a number of reasons in the game that you called, and it's the last night from when we are recording this, and it was the Clippers losing by a point to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And let's let's get right into this, because Paul George injured last night late in the game. He had a collision. He went up for the basketball, came down right leg, which is the same leg that he hurt with USA Basketball in 2014, his, his drastic injury and left the game, taken off the floor, and then wheeled out of the arena last night with on a cart with his leg straight out, sprained right knee. And the latest is, at this point, what we have heard, he'll be reevaluated in two to three weeks, expected to miss the final nine games of the regular season. Mike Clippers were hot. They had won five or six games, playing great basketball, looking to make a move in the Western Conference. Kawhi, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, they had some pieces there. And now it gets on hold until at least the playoffs. That's rough. Obviously, everyone feels terrible for Paul George because uh, here's a 24, 25-point-a-night guy uh, that is a multi-skilled player, can bring the ball down, can handle the ball, can make the pass, can defend against the best offensive players on the other teams, can get on the glass for you. He's a very good three-point shooter, makes his free throws. So he's a huge piece to what the Clippers do. And for him to go down, and it was Lou Dort, who did not do it on purpose from Oklahoma no. City, but as Paul George landed with the rebound, Dort landed and landed into the side of his leg, and that's what hyperextended the knee. And he went down, Paul George, you know, lost the ball. Dort picked it up to lay it back in, but the, the officials already called the foul on it. And then the rest, as you mentioned, they carried Paul George off. And 
this morning when the announcement came out that it will be two to three weeks before they evaluate him. Uh, that has to have the Clippers staff scrambling right now because last night, Jeff, was an enormous game for both teams. And in a second, I'll let you update everyone on what the standings are, which are incredible in the Western Conference and yeah. the Eastern Conference is, is not bad also. But going into that game last night, Oklahoma City with that very, very young, talented team was one game below 500. So after winning that game, they're at the 500 mark. And the Clippers came into that game at 38 and 34 in fifth place, a half a game behind Phoenix for fourth place. And now by losing that game, they're 38 and 35. And remember, Oklahoma City has done this without the number one pick in the draft playing all season. Yeah, Chet Holmgren hasn't played a minute. Exactly. So They've done a magnificent job coaching the team. They have young guys that play really hard. They're well coached, and they execute what they have been practicing for the whole year. So to lose that game by one when you have no Paul George to close out the game down the stretch, Terrence Mann, who had come in in the first quarter and in 10 minutes of playing time put eight points on the board, high energy, just what they needed, in the beginning of the game, he got thrown out of the game with two technical fouls for questioning a missed call on Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi questioned it to the official. He got hit with a technical. Then Terrence Mann, sticking up for his teammate, said he got hit. He did get hit. And he said technical one. And then when he gave like a hand wave like that, technical two, and they threw him out of the game. Wow. This is one of the finest young people we have in the league. I mean, Terrence Mann is just a class act. All he does is play hard every night out on the floor. And to throw him out of a game uh, was such – it was just wrong, okay? And uh, when the officials went back and looked at it, I know because they came back and told people at halftime that they made a mistake, they missed a call on Kawhi Leonard, but it's too late then. You've already thrown – Terrence Mann out of the game. You've already given three more foul shots to Oklahoma City, wow. and it comes down in the end that you lose by one point. Come on, gang. That's that's not your job. Your job is to officiate the game, not hold any personal vendettas or whatever it might be that you have against them. But these are grown men. Don't referee the game like it's a kindergarten game and try and punish them or put them in their place. It's not your job. The Clippers of all teams, Mike, have to be thinking, are you kidding? This happened to us now? Because if there's one team in the league that clearly takes load management to the extreme with its star players, I, I would think it's the Clippers. The 73 games as of right now, Paul George had played in 56 games, so they kept an eye on Paul. Kawhi Leonard has played in 44 games for some time. And, and Kawhi, with his injury history, obviously you have two superstar players tremendous talents who they need to keep an eye on. And they've done a great job of that. And here you're closing in, you're under 10 games to go in the regular season. You're looking good for the playoffs and you get an injury to one of those guys. They, they have to think what more can we do? Because I don't think there is in, there is anything more that a team can do to protect its players and have them playoff ready than what the Clippers have done. I think you're exactly right on every phase of what you said, because uh, the Clipper medical staff, the staff that makes the decision on load management, they have been 
and sometimes overly protective of the guys in back-to-back games or too many minutes one night, whatever it is, the reason they have watched after and nurtured these guys trying to get them through the season. Because as we all know, you can't do anything in the playoffs until you get there. Right. And then when you get there, you have to have your pieces to be able to play and compete. So that's what they tried to do and to have that injury last night. Just devastating. I feel so bad for not only the team because, you know, these there is teammates and, and for Paul George, but now the coaching staff has to go back, pick out the next new starting lineup, hmm. and then they'll have hopefully at some point Norm Powell coming back shortly to rejoin them, which was going to be a problem if Paul George hadn't gotten hurt. They're going to have 10 guys there that – who are you going to sit out? You're going to play two units? Five and five because the second unit would have been incredible with Terrence Mann, Eric Gordon, Norm Powell, Plumley at the five, and Batum at the four. That's not a bad team in itself. No. And those are the backup guys. So a guy like Covington or Amir Coffey would have been 11 and 12 with that group. So right now, just the wrong time for that to happen. And it's going to take Ty Lue juggling some things and guys playing perhaps more minutes than he wanted them to, but they've got to let, – let's stop everything, Jeff, right here and just say this. They are one game from being in the fourth spot, and they are, what, two, two-and-a-half games from being out of the play-in tournament. Yeah. M- Mike, it's a jumbled mess in the West. Um, up top, Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, and they've separated. Phoenix then is four-and-a-half games behind Sacramento – and nine and a half games out of first. Clippers are just one game behind Phoenix, as you said. But between the fourth spot with Phoenix and the teams that are 11 and 12, and this is as we're speaking right now, the Lakers and the Pelicans 11 and 12, there's only a three and a half game separation between teams four and teams 12. It's 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 And usually you don't get into the final 10 games of the regular season and have it this jumbled up and this much of a mess. These guys could end up anywhere, Mike. If one team gets hot, they're going to go way up in the standings. If one team gets cold, they drop in a heartbeat. And so that's that's going to make this some really pressure-packed playoff type of basketball as the Western Conference closes out the season. It's the playoffs now before yep. the playoffs start. It really is for so many of these teams. And, and now, as you mentioned, those back-to-back series take on that much more relevance uh, because, you know, like last night, one-on-one, 100-100, you lose by one point, and here they are tomorrow night. They're back again, the same team. Yeah. And you're less you're less a 25-point score on your team, and you've got to find the way to pull that game out. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. Mike Fratello, former head coach in the NBA, color analyst for the Clippers and the Cavaliers. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92 through the fan in Cleveland. Eastern Conference, not nearly as jumbled up as the Western Conference, Mike. The Cavaliers sitting in fourth place right now in the Eastern Conference. And like in the West, the top three teams have separated a little bit. Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia up there. 
Cavaliers three and a half games behind the 76ers. But then you have a, a pretty good, I think, separation considering right now between the Cavaliers and the Knicks, they have a three and a half game lead over New York. That's looking like a first round playoff series. And then Brooklyn, who the Cavaliers are in the middle of a two game road trip against are 12 and a half games out in the first place and six games behind the Cavaliers. If you're the Cavs, Mike, I would think you're pretty comfortable sitting in the fourth spot right now. And you're looking at a Cavs Knicks series that could change, but I, I think one team would have to get really hot. One team would have to get really cold for anything to change there for the Cavs to move up or for the Knicks or the Brooklyn Nets to catch the Cavaliers, maybe even for the Nets to catch the New York Knicks. Jeff, with your permission, since you oh. mentioned Eastern Conference. My permission, I like that. And you also mentioned in there, I heard New York Knicks. I want to take a minute, if we can, to just acknowledge the fact that we've lost one of the greatest NBA players ever. In Willis Reed. Willis Reed, who passed away yesterday. And Willis had been struggling over the last couple of weeks. Uh, his wife, Gail, who's just a wonderful person, uh, had taken him to Texas and had him in a hospital there so they could try and f- treat an infection uh, mm. that he had gotten. And he just couldn't beat it. And he had some choices of things that they could have done. And Willis being Willis told his wife, no, I'm good. I'm good right where I am. I'm good like mm-hmm. this. And uh, Willis was a a dear friend. He was such a wonderful addition to our staff in Atlanta. And that was my first head coaching job ever, ever at any level as a head coach. And Willis had just lost his job in New York as the Knicks head coach after having that you know, spectacular career for the Knicks, uh, helping them win their only two championships. And then the coaching thing just didn't work out for him. They had bad players there at the time. And he was out there when I looked around and said, you know, my staff was Ronnie Rothstein, you know, Brendan Sir, myself, And I looked at the three of us and I said to myself, which one of us is going to take the big men and who are they going to believe really can coach big men? And the decision was, I'm going to go after Willis Reed. He's out there. And I called Willis, introduced myself and said, here's what we have in Atlanta. We're young, uh, we're wild. We can run up and down. We can jump, but we're really good players and we have really good people. And I said, if you come here and join us, we can be a really good team. Hmm. And I said, you make our big guys better on the front line. You help us win. I said, I guarantee you, you will get your next head job if you want it. And he came. He did exactly what we had asked. He was terrific. The players loved him. We wound up going on a four straight year, 50 or more wins with the team. And Willis wound up as the head coach of the New Jersey Nets. And eventually went on to the front office there. So it worked out for everybody. I am so sad uh, about us losing a great man, a great person, and forget about him as a basketball player because he led the way. He was the captain. He came out of that locker room to show his team what you have to do. You're playing for a championship. You're in a game seven. And somehow, some way, he found a way to limp out of that locker room. And he only scored two baskets. The two baskets were 
so meaningful to the crowd, to the team. And my partner last night in broadcasting the Clipper game, Brian Seaman, mentioned something I didn't think of it the way Brian put it. And he said, I went to Madison Square Garden and Willis Reed Tunnel isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it at first. But then when I thought about it, what Brian was talking about was the night that Willis walked out of that tunnel during that championship game, the way the garden used to be configured, yeah, yeah. they had that tunnel in the middle of the stands. And that's where both teams came out of yeah, the same tunnel went and went into the same tunnel, very similar to the original Boston Garden, if you think about it. Well, that Willis Reed Tunnel, as he called it, isn't there anymore with the renovations that Madison Square Garden did. One team goes in one end of the arena and the other team goes in at the other end of the arena and they've closed that off, that Willis Reed Tunnel. But we've lost a great man. I'm sorry. I I wanted to take a little bit of time right now just to acknowledge and and I've spoken to, to his wife, Gail, and she's just a beautiful person and she lost a great husband. I had the opportunity to to chat with Willis a couple of times over the years. He was always such a gentleman. And Mike, I, I'll tell you, I was taken aback when I saw that he passed because oddly enough, I was sorting through some old basketball cards that I have had and am, am going to sell. And I was looking some early 1970s cards the other day, and there was Willis Reed. And I pulled him out of the stack put him in the special, you know, special little card holder because he's a group in that group of very special players from the NBA during that era. And uh, the memories that he helped create for folks in New York, especially outstanding uh, as a member of the New York Knicks and then a long career in the NBA. So thank you very much for bringing that up. That's, that's special. The Eastern conference, Mike, has spread out a little bit, certainly more so than the Western Conference. If you're the Cavs, are you comfortable sitting at four? And are you comfortable with a possibility of a first-round series against the Knicks? Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Sitting at four, yes. I think the consensus from people around the league that have to have an opinion on those type of things is that uh, Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly, and you can put them in whatever order you want, are the top three teams in the Eastern Conference, and then Cleveland is right there. And, you know, when you get to the playoffs, you never know. One injury, as could happen via last night with Paul George, can change your season dramatically. So being in the top four teams in the Eastern Conference, is that's not a given to you. They've worked hard to earn that, to be one of those top four teams. And now, as we know all the time in the NBA, Coaches look over at the other roster that they're facing and they say, we can match up with them. Or they say, we got a headache matching up with them. We have nobody to guard this guy, nobody to guard that guy. What are we going to do? How are we going to be creative? How are we going to do something to stifle them? And 
whoever falls in that spot, 4-5, when it gets to that point, that's who they have. And and you just from there, you just take it from there. The Knicks have played so well, you know, as of trade deadline, and they made a big addition in adding Hart to their roster, and he has meant so much. Brunson coming back from the injury that knocked them out, whatever it was, five, six games. Mike, where did those guys go to college? Well, I happen to know <laughs> that they went to Villanova. They were Wildcats. No, both no kidding. Yeah, not, not bad. Um, there's a couple Wildcats flourishing in the NBA right now. There's a kid in Brooklyn, okay, who was in Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. That is now over in Brooklyn, and he's having a heck of a year. So, you know, the Knicks, Knicks I'm, and I'm happy for Tom Thibodeau. He's a terrific coach. It's taken him a while to juggle the pieces. The signing of Brunson to me was a turning point. Um, Julius Randle coming back in the shape that he came back in and playing at the level he's playing at. He's playing great. Huge for that team. And then the move for Hart. Uh, it's all part of what goes into giving a team a chance to win. Knicks are 12-4 and four with Josh Hart. Mike, That that's a pickup at the trade deadline that does exactly what you want it to do. Uh, they're a different team with him. And so that, that'll be a very, very contested first round playoff series. And, and if that's the way it turns out, that'll be something. Cavs are playing the Brooklyn Nets as we speak. Cavs are coming off a great big win over Brooklyn and kind of gave some of the lead back in the fourth quarter, but they were up by 24 points. They have the second game of that back-to-back, that series thing that has happened in the NBA a little bit coming up in the next game, Mike. And, I would think if the Cavs can take care of that one, that might even solidify the idea that they play the Knicks coming up in the first round of the playoffs. Then again, New York's still got to show up and play their remaining games. And, you know, you lose two or three in a row, things can change around there. So all the Cavs should be concerned about is win our next game. That should be the each night in that locker room. JB emphasizing the point that here's what you've earned so far through your hard work and your preparation and our practices. And now we want to stay there. If not go higher, if it could ever happen where other, another team ahead of them winds up going on a bad streak or, or whatever, just let's not go any lower than number four and let's win our share of games and go into the playoffs on a roll, heading in, playing at a high level. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. Mike Fratello, former NBA head coach, color analyst now with the Cavaliers and the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Mike, on, on our show, I've been talking about this a little bit in the last week or so. We know the Cavs picked up Donovan Mitchell because he's a star player. He's played like a star player. He's been nothing but outstanding on the court, off the court for the organization. He's done a great job for them. They gave up a ton to get him. Why? Because you want that superstar player in the playoffs, the guy who can who can win a game for you. And and I've even with the way that the rest of the team has played, 
I've said, I think this team will go as far in the playoffs as Donovan Mitchell can take them. And I, I looked up some numbers that I, I thought were kind of stunning as, as they turned out, as I saw what, what it was. And this isn't a, a disparaging thing, and it's Darius Garland that I'll, I'll throw the numbers in there with, as much as it is at all, in fact, of what it is, to how important Darius or Donovan Mitchell is to this team. When Donovan has scored 30 or more points, and he's done that 26 times, Cavs have won 73% of the games. They're 19-7. and seven. When he doesn't score 20, it's happened 30 times, uh, 36 times. They're 21-15, and 15, so still pretty good record. That's when he doesn't score 30. When he doesn't play, they're 6-6. Six and six. And this is to stress the important of, importance of Mitchell. Because I think Evan Mobley's terrific. Jared Allen, love Darius Garland. Darius has scored 30 or more in eight games, and the Cavs are three and five in those games. So it oddly hasn't had quite the same impact as when Donovan does. When Darius hasn't scored 30, and that's happened 55 times, Cavs are good. They're 33 and 22, 60%. Oddly, and I don't get this one at all, but when he hasn't played, they're 10 and one, which is weird. So, and, and Darius, I think, is a tremendous young NBA player. But to me, that shows just how vital Donovan Mitchell is to the success of this team this year. And Mike, I, I got to think if he goes out and, and he could in a seven game series score 35 points in four games, they have a chance to win those four games. I, I think he leads the way. And if he's on, they could go deep. They could as far as as well as he plays, I think as well as the team will play in the postseason. Thoughts? Yeah, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What you've just said is you've said that Donovan Mitchell is a franchise player. That's how good he is. And Garland is a terrific young player. Absolutely. And been recognized as an all-star. But when it comes to carrying the franchise, and you talked about playoffs, how many people can score 50 points in a playoff game right? a- and do it more than one time? It's a short group. Yep. Yeah. And Donovan Mitchell has done that already. So when Kobe Altman and the front office people made that decision to go out and get him, and people said, well, he gave up an awful lot. You know, marketing's playing good. Marketing was an all-star this year. Yeah, you're not going to get a, a player of the quality of Donovan Mitchell for a second-round draft pick. You had to put a package together that made sense to get this kind of talent. This isn't an old, broken-down former superstar that you're getting at the end of his career. This is a guy in his prime who's been to a number of playoff games who has scored big numbers and understands the pressure that goes with it and what it's all about. So this he's is played, He's guy. played in 39 playoff games, Mike. He's averaging over 28 points a game in the playoffs. So he's answered the bell. Yeah, I mean, you want a guy that will turn around and look at his team and go, Jump on my back. I'm taking you as far as we can go. 
in these playoffs. And I think the rest of the players would admit that Donovan's the guy that, that if he has a, a really good playoff series, we stand the chance to move on to the next round. No question. You, you had a guy like Donovan as far as his position in the organization and Dominic Wilkins, Mike. How do you make sure the other guys get what do what they need to do and you get what you need out of them when you know it's about Donovan, you know it's about Dominique, and, but you you know you can't do it all by yourself. You've got to get the other guys to come along. What what kind of a challenge was that for you? And, and what part, kind of a challenge will it be for JB Bickerstaff? That's part of the dealing with players, having the interaction, having the open dialogue, and the other people being accepting of who Donovan is, what his role is, what he can do to help all of us win and work towards another championship for Cleveland. And that was the same in, in Atlanta with Dominique, you know, the surrounding young guys we had around him. We had a bunch of them, you know, Doc Rivers, Randy Whitman, uh, Cliff Levingston, Antoine Carr, John Conkak, Scott Hastings, you know, all around Dominique, they had to understand I don't know if they even mentioned Spud in there and John Battle, two guys. Tree? That were, a tree. Well, he wasn't in that young group. Tree was in the group, but not in that young group that I was just trying to show there how many young guys we had. Tree understood. Tree was a veteran guy. Tree had played with great players. John Drew was there. You know, Dan Roundfield, Eddie Johnson right. were guys that had played with Trees. But this young group, that was the one that uh, – they were the ones I was concerned about. Interesting. Do they get it? Do they understand? It's not Neek trying to be a star and shutting you guys out. It's Neek doing his thing. It's going to help all of us. We all want Neek to do well. If he takes a bad shot, let me handle that. Let me get hmm. him on the side. Let me get him the next day of practice when we do the film session. You guys understand what he's going to do for us and help and take us. And I don't think any of them, after game seven against Boston, and he went for what was 47 or whatever it was. I don't think any of them had any complaints with Nick shooting the ball that night. And is that the challenge for JB when they get to the playoffs, just to make sure everybody understands, hey, this is this is how we're going to this is how we're going to try to advance. It's how we need to advance. I, I could be wrong. I'm not in the locker room, but I don't see any selfish guys on this Cleveland team. I think JB's message was delivered in the beginning or a year ago that carried forward. And when Donovan Mitchell came in, I think he came into a locker room filled with guys that will say, hey, we're all, we're all in this thing as one. And welcome. Uh, we welcome you and your ability and what you can do on the floor to help us win. Tell us what we can do to help you and how you want to play the game. And let's you'll move forward together. I don't I don't see that one guy that's trying to cause a problem. That one guy feels he's competing against Donovan because to me that one guy would be Darius if anybody you know was going to say yeah I, I got to get my points if he's getting his points not like that it's not what it's about they they like each other they they're a bonded team right now trying to do the same thing accomplish get a championship one thought NBA schedule Mike as these teams are closing things out you're getting ready to do another game Clippers against the Oklahoma City Thunder Cavaliers are getting ready to play the Brooklyn Nets again. Cavs have had this happen a, a couple of times with Miami and then with Charlotte. Now with Oklahoma City, they have it coming up against Orlando. Clippers have it now with the Thunder. 
They had it with the Thunder back in October, but they also have it coming up against Memphis next week. Do you like the idea of back-to-back games against the same opponent in the same city? It, it has kind of a baseball feel to it to me. I kind of like it, and it, you know, it saves money. It can't That can't hurt. But I wonder from a basketball standpoint, do you like it and does it work? It's a good question, Jeff, because I have never coached through this, but this is what's happening nowadays. I'm sure the NBA is going to look at this. And in the end, I think it's going to be very interesting when the records come out, you know, what the visiting team did and what the home team did on these two games in a row against the same opponent type thing. But it does save money, expenses, obviously. It does save on travel. Cuts in uh, and allows you a little bit less preparation time because you're playing the same guys. You put your first game plan together, so now you tinker with that, change whatever you didn't like out of the first game plan. Would would either cause you to, you know to lose. You'll probably make more adjustments than if you win in the first game. You try and do the same things you did. And some nights, you know, you just can't make a shot. So the game plan was right, and and that's what happened to us way back with the Hawks when we played Boston in that playoff series, we lost the first two games. They were very close for a lot of the game. But when you look at the scores at the end, I can't remember exactly, but it was like 16, 18 point losses. And I'm sure people looked at that and said, wow, they got blown out in those. Two. We didn't change a whole lot in our game plan. We just made some bad decisions right before the end of the first half which let them get a couple quick baskets on us to open up what was a two or three point game. And then we didn't make some shots that we can make. And we did not defend the three point line. That was one of our points of emphasis. So we didn't change a whole lot in the game plan, but going into game three in our building, we did defend the three point line. We, we did make good decisions right before halftime. We shot the ball better, and all of a sudden we win game three, game four, and game five. And now we're up 3-2 in the series. So it's that series back-to-back thing, I don't know if I have a a definite yes or no, I like it or not. Let me get through this season, come back to me later, okay? I like that idea. We'll do just that. Maybe in an upcoming basketball goal. Thanks for listening, everybody. He's Mike Fratello. I'm Jeff Phelps. We'll catch you next time right here on Basketball Gold. This has been Basketball Gold, brought to you by Betway.com. Betway, for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER.